Greetings, Earthlings. This is You Killed It, the <laughs> podcast about the challenge. I'm John Chudley Hill. <laughs> and I would like to think I'm an Earthling. And also, my name is Sheldon Alexander. <laughs> I have been waiting all morning to say that to you, Sheldon. And I warned you that I had, like, an intro prepped. Yes. And... I'm glad I was able to bite my tongue and save that because you only get one shot, one <laughs> opportunity in this life, you know? You only get one shot. Do not miss your chance to blow. Oh, yes. I'm so glad. <laughs> I'm so We just get each other, Sheldon. It's beautiful. <laughs> um, question for you. <laughs> yes. Wait, I don't know if you have it written down, so I'm probably putting you on the spot right now, but someone wrote in saying, Greetings, Earthlings has to be the name of this episode of the it pod. Is, it is going to be the name of the pod. I have that in my notes okay. as soon as it was said. And, like, <laughs> they came off of a commercial break and repeated her saying, Jen saying, Greetings, Earthlings. I'm like, obviously that has to be the line. I wonder yeah. I wonder if she's, like, a Bobby Heenan fan and was trying to go with a, like, Greetings Humanoids thing. Note. I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that she is not a Bobby Heaton fan and she doesn't even know who Bobby Heaton is. I'm just going out on a limb and guessing. I don't know that that's for a, sure. That's a fair point. Um, one thing before we get into the uh, play-by-play on this week's episode that we wanted to talk mm-hmm. about was something that we meant to talk about last episode, and that was the lack of commercials in the first half yes. hour. Um, I want to say... Heather pointed it out, and Laura Hopcroft pointed it out. And I meant to mention it because, um, as longtime listeners know, I'm very, very... Or you and I, I'm not just going to make it about me, you and I are both very keyed into (laughs) episode length because we both... The way we do things now, we've learned, is that we almost always record the challenge and then watch it the next morning so that as soon as we record, you killed it. We're like, uh, we both finished watching what, like twenty minutes ago, half an hour ago, and then we yeah we have like a little talk beforehand about life, love, feelings, mm-hmm. and then <laughs> and then we start talking about the challenge. Um, and sometimes yes. we have to cut things out of the you killed it recording because we say things that we don't want aired. But but Correct. like we come in hot, and as a result, we're both very aware of how many commercial breaks there are because we're fast forwarding through them like that's how like behind the scenes stuff of you killed it so yes uh to both laura and heather we did notice that they'd cut out or that there were no um commercials in the first half hour i liked it i wondered and i wondered this on twitter if it was um just for the premiere if they're going to do it every week and i know you had some thoughts on it some behind the scenes producering stuff so so what I think happened, if you remember before the actual premiere, I think we taped our uh, preview episode, and one of the things we were talking about, oh no, do you know what it was? It was before the debut episode happened. And I remember we were texting back and forth about when we were going to record the podcast, and one of the things I said to you was, oh, if you're recording it, make sure the record set longer, because I'm pretty sure it's longer than 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this conversation? Yeah. So what I think happened is it was probably set to be a longer episode. And then for whatever reason, MTV realized, oh, no, we can still put this into 90 minutes. Yeah. And so they just removed commercials because right now what's happening in television is ratings are like kind of all weird. Advertisers are all weird. Like, yeah, everything's 
kind of out of whack. So what I think happened was initially it was probably supposed to be a longer episode because I thought I'd read that in one of the previews I was reading. I thought I'd read, oh, it's normal 90 minutes, but the first episode is going to be whatever, like something longer. But then obviously when we watched it, it was still put, packaged into this 90 minute block. So I think it was set up for that. But whatever happened commercial wise, maybe they just didn't have it, the same amount of commercials as they thought they would have for whatever reason. And then that's what I think. Happened. I'm not going to name names, but uh, one of the funny things about our high school is people only went into like five career streams. And one of the biggest ones, and you know, this is really, yeah, I'd say so. Okay. Uh, one of the biggest is a lot of people we know went into advertising. And so a friend of ours oh. who's in advertising, and I'm not going to name his name because I don't want him to get into trouble, but he works for a TV channel in advertising. And he told me the first week, every single advertiser pulled out, basically. Yeah. Only one or two were like, and like there's this perception in the advertising world that it's like bad for the brand to advertise during... Um, the, the pandemic, pandemic which like I don't know the wisdom about that like I think maybe you want to tweak and stuff I don't know but like it's not I don't think it's necessarily bad for the brand we don't have to get into that yeah. my point is just that I agree with you they probably had some advertising pulled or advertising yeah. Yeah, reduced yeah, yeah. and like certainly there's sure. a lot of ads that probably don't hold up like if your ad was like for a beer or whatever and they're like a group of friends getting together at the bar, like might not fly right now, but like yeah, there's some stuff sure. that I think works. I don't know. Yeah, and I think it it, it kind of turns into a happy accident if you're MTV because now when you, you have a chance to hook people for a long time, right? So instead of, you know, rating systems, I'm pretty sure it still works like this, but I think for it to be recorded as someone watching Whoever has the ratings boxes in their house, they have to be watching for 15 minutes. I think that's what it is, yeah. if I remember correctly. And so now if you have an opening block that's like longer than 15 minutes, then obviously you've done a good job in holding the audience. So by having that first half hour or whatever it was just run continuously, you're kind of ensuring that the people are watching that are watching stick with you. For the first half hour. Yeah, it's key. So it's kind of like a happy accident. Yeah, shout out to Bob Ross. And shout outs to all the people that write in the comments to us because that's pretty dope. Appreciate it a lot. Love getting the interaction and people picking up on things that we might have missed or things that we should talk about. So really appreciate uh, Heather and I forget the other name I, you said, but Laura. really to all away. the people. Hopcroft is her last yeah. name. I want to say it's Laura Hopcroft. Gotcha. Shouts to them. Shouts out to everyone. I'm just feeling good this morning. What can I say? <laughs> it was a great episode of the challenge. That's why I think. Yeah. Like I felt like after it ended and I was kind of like, you know, still setting up and all that. I, w I realized I was super tired because I barely sleep these days. It's weird. My sleeping pad. I know it makes no sense. I know. I understand. But I was like super tired. And then all of a sudden, once the episode started and I think like into the first commercial or whatever it was, I was like, I was up. I realized like how awake I was. I'm like, oh, this show gets me every time. It's just so good. It's just so this good. This episode had it all too, right? Like it had romantic drama, it had political drama. It had it like 
the uh, daily competition was interesting. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, the the elimination was maybe a little lopsided, but still some interest around there. One yeah, thing because uh, this whole episode, I think the coolest part about it was, you know, for the hardcore, like serious challenge heads, you know, I think the thing that's really cool about this season so far is the political aspect. I think that's the angle that real challenge heads appreciate the chess move, the chess moves that have to be calculated each and every week. And so right off from the beginning, when CT is trying to talk about you know, so what do you do? You hope your friends win and your friends are going to throw you in, right? And right off the bat, everyone right now, whether you're on the show or people watching the show, you're trying to figure out how do you even play this game this season? And I think that's the hook. Well, and there... Do you feel the same? What yeah, do you think? Yeah, I mean, you and I sort of touched on it. Like, they're all sort of learning on the fly. And, like, shout-outs to uh, me from last week saying that this <laughs> is drastically going to alter the game for people who have like a reputation as elimination beasts like Jenny, like CT, where no one wants to go against them. Like how, when, like how do you play that? How do you get yeah. yourself into an elimination and also a winnable elimination? Like I don't think uh, CT wants to see Fessy in there as an example. Like- I don't think anybody wants to see Fessy. No, no, he impressed me this episode. Um, it was interesting, like, shout out to Jay, like, he's just chilling in the cut now, right? <laughs> like, he is... Yeah. And, and good for him. Like, I do wonder if, in the long run, if they're going to have a twist where you can win someone's red skull off of them. I mean, I guess that's still, like, winning elimination. But, like, I don't think having I a think red so. skull means that you're safe. I'm glad you brought this up because, you know, you're talking about the different angles to it and Ashley right away. Ashley brings up the fact that her strategy was always not making it into not or avoiding eliminations altogether. And now that's ruined. But then we get Jordan who's sitting around and he's saying, I'm basically going to try to play it like a normal game. And, you know, whenever I go in, I go in. But basically, you know, I'm kind of with Jordan on this yeah. because I would kind of try to. I'm not going to actively try to get myself into elimination because I feel like the longer, and I touched on this last week and now, you know, maybe we'll pick this up at the very end and, and kind of recap it and be like, after the second episode, how has your viewpoint of the game changed? But right away, I'm with Jordan. I like how this is, how he played that out in terms of whenever I go in, I go in. I'm not going to try to throw myself mm -hmm. in, but when it naturally comes up, cool. And I, I'm, I'm kind of with that because I think you'd make yourself go crazy because you'd have to become like Dana White yeah. where you're trying to like plot out all these different matchups each and every week. Like you're going to make yourself go crazy. And then you have the wild card of you don't even know what the purgatory matchup is going to be or what kind of challenge it's going to be. So it's just super awkward from the beginning. Well, I, I mean, I think the big difference is that Jordan's game, he's never played that scared state of elimination game. Like he's just accepted that because of his personality He's going in at some point. And like, I like, like, I'm not criticizing Jordan. I'm just saying he knows who he is and he knows he's going to get called out or, or he'll call someone else out. Like he's done that, right? Like the famous, like where he flipped all the tiles to face Johnny Bananas. For sure. So I think it's, I think it just, it happens. Like he knows it happens. It's more the CTs, the Johnnies, the, um, 
uh, Jenny's where their whole game is don't put me in because you're going to get wrecked. Bailey is seemingly trying to play that game too. Someone wrote in and said, um, oh, no, I messed it up. Sorry, go on, go on, because I'm going to try to find it. It's all right. I do want to point something out that I will give him credit. Scott Yeager from Challenge Mania point. Is that what's called? Challenge Mania? Man, that sounds super arrogant that I don't know the name of other podcasts, but so it goes. Um, (laughs) But he made a great point that they were all just like fiending on potato chips after Jay's elimination, which like, shout out to potato chips. I love them. But I just like love that (laughs) moment where everyone's like so hungry. It's late at night and you're all like, we just got to house these down. Um, I also want to give a shout out to several people who confirmed my suspicion that they're in the Czech Republic and specifically they're outside Prague. Yes. Yeah, I did catch that. I did catch that. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Had a lot of people write in saying that. Uh, So the other thing that we have to point out before we get to the daily competition is the beginning of the plot of this episode. That is Jen and Rogan sitting in proximity to the chessboard because the Lord knows those two aren't playing chess. <laughs> talking strategy. <laughs> and I feel... Yeah. Let's, let's just talk about that dynamic, those two. Okay. Jen did not have a great show in this episode in any capacity. No. no. And again, like... As we've been saying, Rogan only won last season because of CT, Jordan, and Tori. So Correct. for him to be playing the like the wise old veteran who's seen some shit and like he had a horrible political game last season. Well I've seen people in this episode, both D and Rogan were referred to as vets. And I thought that was very funny. Because I was just like, okay, sure. Like, that makes absolutely no sense. And we'll get to Dee's resume in a bit. But I just found the whole thing funny. And it made me think, and I'm going to ask you this question. Do you think, we know, obviously, that Rogan's into Jen. Yeah. But is Jen into Rogan? What do you think? Or was she just trying to get some camera time and, like, you know, flirting with someone who just won the challenge? I don't think so. So I they had at one point a montage of her sort of walking around the house and she was in different outfits. So I have the sense that that I don't know why there's no like way of telling time, but I had the sense that that conversation around the chessboard was like mm-hmm. mid morning, like after breakfast sort of deal. And okay. I think at that point she wasn't interested, but he was running games. She's bored, and mm-hmm. so like I think a flirtation was forming. And certainly after the, or during the daily competition, Johnny Bananas was, like, giving them the gears about their budding, like, flirtation. Which was actually really Yeah, it was a good moment. But, like, in that moment, I was like, oh, okay, she is into it. Just, like, her reaction and, like, she was sort of bashful and, like... Because at at first I was honestly like, she can't really be trying to get advice from Rogan, can she? But then I realized as the... As the episode progressed, obviously we realized we might not be dealing with the sharpest knife in the drawer. Fair so, comment. 
Do you know what I mean? So I was just like, okay, so maybe she was actually trying to get strategy from Rogan. <laughs> but clearly Rogan, <laughs> Rogan was saying, you know, it might not be good for his game to be associating with Jen, but it might, but he's thinking with his penis. He's quite open and honest about that side of it. I mean, he certainly <laughs> has more blood flowing there than to his brain. I <laughs> Well, would it be a good move? Let me ask you this. Would it be a good move for Rogan to hook up with Jen and vice versa? Is that a good move? However you want to make it a good move. <laughs> I want to say yes. It's a good move. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Okay. Neither one of them is going to win. Oh. So, right. like, might as well have fun. Get your screen time. Yeah. You know? Like, I okay. I don't like Rogan's chances in the long run at all. Obviously, like, spoilers, but Jen doesn't make it out of this episode. So, like, yeah. might as well. What do you have to lose? Yeah, like, I you're mean, both single. You're both young. You're both fit. I'm going to be honest. When they sat down at first, because, you know, there's times I'm, like, typing yeah. and looking up, typing, looking up. And when I first looked up to see who he was talking to, because I just assumed it was D, like, from behind, and you're just seeing the yeah. hair. Right? I assumed that it was D. And then I looked up, and I was like, oh, hello. Okay. Um, I, I, was, I was looking at it and thinking... I can't really blame him for trying to shoot a shot no. here. Who am I to tell him to not shoot a shot at this point? And hey, you already won last year. So cool, right? If you go out this season because of that, hey, I'm not mad at you. I just, but I just hope he invested let's get to, his money. Let's get to the shits, though. Yeah. Let's get to the shits. Because D and Tori. Just leering around the corner. That's super lame. And it's just the first of many lame appearances by D in this episode. But, like, what is she doing? I mean, I, I like D. I, I honestly do. Like, oh. you, you and I okay. talk about, like, our typical standard is would we have uh, drinks with them? Would we, like, hang out? I would hang out with D. Okay. I think she's nice. I think she's fun. Okay. Is she smart? No, maybe not. Is she okay? Um, emotionally mature? I don't think so. I mean, <laughs> you and I were both critical of her decision to take the bunk immediately above Rogan, mm-hmm. and just like this is uh, a guy in his mid thirties talking, and she's in her mid twenties. Yeah. What is the end goal of hovering around Rogan? Is it? Yeah, I, I don't it, get it. It makes no sense to me. And is it? Uh, was it Maddie near the end when they're having the argument, which I'm sure we'll get to? But is it Maddie that says like, "Do you have some magic penis or something? Like, what's going yeah. on?" <laughs> like, and hey, whatever. I don't know. But my point is, clearly Rogan has some kind of spell over her because this is not a good look for her on any any way shape or form and Tori's trying to like tell her listen you need to move on right like so it was just very weird but I don't understand why she cares it was the weirdest thing ever and clearly she looks so lame because she's so threatened by Jen yeah and 
again, I, you know, I like to dip into like real life advice for our listeners, for our younger listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> the best look <laughs> is to not care. Like, what is what's better? Like, if D had gone into that bunker, actively avoided Rogan, gone about her life, even if she didn't hook up with someone else, but just like went about her life, Rogan would eventually approach her. And maybe even be like, oh, baby, I fucked up. I miss you. I love you. All that stuff. Yeah. But yeah, by yeah. Be- You're eventually going to get lonely. Yeah, exactly. But by being so present and, like, living and dying by what he's doing and so visibly, like, there's no way that D, that, excuse me, that Rogan and Jen didn't know that D and Tori were there. Like, they, at one point, even basically turned to face them. Like, yeah. It was super it's, odd. It's not appealing. Like, it's not a good look. Just between D and Rogan, it's not a good look. And the funny thing is, too, someone messaged me last night. Like, obviously, you know, the assumption would be we're watching it live just because of, like, what's going on now, right? But I was doing, I've been doing these, like, Raptors live IG things on Instagram. So last night I didn't watch the challenge live, but people were messaging me and the messages were just like, one of my friends sent me a text message and she just like, Oh, D is so annoying. (laughs) And I'm like, Oh, I haven't watched the episode yet. And even coming into this episode with that, like heads up, she still surpassed like, (laughs) what is wrong with you? Which we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Cause there's so much that happened in this episode and a really dope challenge actually took place in this episode. What was it called? Airborne extraction. It was so dope. So let me break this down, I think. All right. There are teams of three. Yes. Right? You, everyone was split into teams of three that were randomly selected, which we'll get Sheldon to. Sheldon just did air quotes um, for those that are listening and not watching on YouTube. <laughs> Don't forget, we're on YouTube. <laughs> hey. Um, and so you have to transfer, what was these, military crates yeah. from one place to the next. And you had to bring 15 across, right? So you basically had to run from one place to the next while carrying the crates back and forth, 15 transferred to the other side between your team of three. And then the top three teams from that would move on to the next round where you get to play like maybe one of the dopest games I've ever seen on the challenge. Yeah. And I know that's a crazy thing to say, but you're flying in a, in a helicopter and trying to drop these crates onto a target, I was like, this is amazing. Like, this was dope on so many levels. And the fact that it was combined into, like, there are two parts to this challenge, I thought both parts were equally interesting and entertaining because of the strategy and the teamwork needed to succeed. What did you think? It was really interesting. Uh, For what seems like just a straightforward physical challenge of carrying those crates a mile and like up like downhill off of one helicopter landing pad and then uphill onto another one like a very physical challenge but also then you started to see people because it would have taken a long time to do that like to run a mile totally just once is going to be like at least four minutes so to have to like go back and forth 15 times and you're going to gas out and everything like it, it they probably were at that for an hour if i had to guess at least an hour, yeah. if not an hour and a half. Uh, it seemed really yeah. hard. But also, like, teams started to come up with some strategy. Uh, so here, here's one thing, though, before we, like, break down what actually happens. Should we go through the teams? I didn't, Honestly, I didn't note them all down. 
I got you. I know. I got you. I got you covered. Sheldon, you're the best. Right away, I was like, because I'm always a conspiracy theorist. Like everything that's about to happen, I'm always thinking of it. Hold on. How did the producer set this yeah. up? Right? Because we'll we'll get to that. But anyways, here are the teams. Okay. You tell me because I wrote down teams are selected randomly. Dot dot dot. Or are they? So team one: Swaggy C, D, and Corey. Pretty solid yeah. team. Team two. Jordan, Jenny, and Wes. Totally stacked. I was like, what? I was like, that's like LeBron, KD, and, you know, like, what are we doing but, right But now? I want to pause you there. One thing that Wes has since revealed, and I, I, yeah. I don't know if you saw this on social media, but it's important to keep in mind. Okay. Wes has a labrum tear in his shoulder. Oh. And he has that. been in the last few seasons with this injury. So... Okay. A good quote, like, yes, on paper that's stacked, but your, like, metaphor of, like, KD is also apt with the injury. Like, this is not Wes <laughs> okay. at 100%. And that explains, like, if you think about how he struggled in some swimming competitions last season, how he's not quite himself, mm-hmm. that explains it. And it's an interesting question if the producers know about his labrum tear. Interesting, interesting. But, continue. Okay, so... Team three is Bear, Jenna, and Ashley. Team four is Josh, Jen, and Bailey, which I'm like, okay, like, could you make a worse team possible? (laughs) Uh, Team five, Rogan, Maddie, and Big T. Team six, Casey, Jay, and CT. Jay was, like, very absent in this whole episode, but whatever. Team seven, Bananas, Anissa, and Nani. Uh, team eight, Nelson, Kayla, and Tori. Pretty good team. Mm-hmm. And then team nine was Fessy, Kyle, and Melissa. So to me, there's clearly some people that they're like, okay, you're not winning this challenge. Yeah. Right? And like randomly selected doesn't mean like they did a draw and like drew out the no. names. Randomly selected means the producers are telling you we just randomly pick these names, right? Yeah, it's. I think it's significant that Jay, who has a red skull, was on a bad team. Interesting. Right? Okay. Because, like, yeah. from a producing standpoint, you don't need Jay to be in the tribunal. You don't need Jay to be in an elimination. Not that he would be this week, but, like, mm-hmm. Jay got his screen time. Who can we move that spotlight to next? Yeah. No, I totally agree. I, I thought it was kind of fishy. And even Tori found it kind of fishy. She, she says right off the bat, Jordan's team is legit. Josh was talking, saying that he likes Bailey, but was worried about Jen. And I guess he had reason to be worried yeah. about Jen. I got to pause you there, though. Josh says that Bailey has proven that she's a strong competitor. When? <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Like... I don't know if there was like some like preseason to the challenge where Bailey did some did really well, and that's why everyone's bigging I, her up. I have no I idea, wondered, but it continues again in this I episode. I wondered if it was like a Big Brother versus like Big Brother peeps, like gassing each other up. But like, I'm sorry, I like Big Brother. I think it's a very psychological game. There is no comparing the competitions between Big Brother Hold and the challenge. Bailey didn't even do that well on Big Brother. Yeah, it's not like she made it to like the final four or something. Like she didn't even do that well. She made it to like maybe the middle of the season, 
well, she made it to the jury house, so she made it at least in the middle of the season. But I feel like she's one of the first people in the jury house. Yeah. So like, whatever. But just yeah, it's not. You can't say that she's proven herself because it's not the like. Jen, I mean, I don't think Amazing Race translate well translates well either, in terms of like mm-hmm. f- physicality. Like to me, yeah. Ninja American Ninja Warrior, like that series survivor like to me those are more physical shows that translate well to the challenge but like big brother we always joke about how the typical challenge competition is like falling from a great height into water the typical big brother competition is how long can you stand on this slippery thing or like walk over this slippery ice while holding an egg on a spoon yeah it's not the same it's not (laughs) it's not hall brawl or carrying like how heavy do you think those boxes were 30 pounds at least at least 30 pounds least. and running a mile and they were yeah, awkward too like they're an awkward size for sure and you know one dude from big brother that it seems to translate not because of big brother though because he was a d1 athlete is fessy because this starts off with the run and fessy's out to the lead in the run which i thought was super interesting because the rest of the dudes got to be looking at this guy like oh shit, I don't want to go against this guy in an elimination. How are we going to get this guy out? Right? Like, they got to be thinking that now, no? What impressed me the most about Fessy was, yeah, he was the he and Jordan were like neck and neck, and Jordan's very fast runner to start. Mm-hmm. What impressed me was Fessy got his team... Uh, did they get in? No, they did not. They did. Yeah. They did. He got them in there by sprinting the last box like he finished strong and i promise you among his team it's not like they each carried five you know what i mean (laughs) like i'm sure it wasn't evenly distributed yeah we we know kyle will gas out early and shouts to melissa and i realized after we taped last episode that i've been just referring to her as dj mel and unless and if you were new to the show just watching this season you're probably like why the hell does he keep calling her dj mel or who is DJ Mel? I just, that just clicked in my head, but I'm not even going to explain it. I'm just going to keep referring to her as DJ Mel. So <laughs> I'm sure she wasn't carrying nearly as much of the weight as Fessy was. No. But to me, it was super interesting to see Jordan kind of how he was explaining it. No, I'm going to keep up with this guy. And Jordan tried to make it seem like I'm not going to go all out against him, but I'm going to try to keep up his pace to see what he's got. Which is such a, like, Jordan cocky, like, perfectly summing up Jordan's cockiness, And also... Right? But I'm not even mad no. at him. When he said that, I was like, how does it benefit to see how he runs? <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, early on, well, what was interesting was early on, Josh is, like, doing the heavy lifting for his team, literally and figuratively. And Jen is, air quotes, helping by, like, laying a single hand on the back end of one of the two boxes he was carrying. <laughs> and both Tori and Anissa were like, oh, I understand. Jen sucks. And they're literally like sharks smelling blood in the water. Like, every single woman on the challenge was like, oh, I see. Jen's a layup. And two, I want to give uh, Big T credit. Big T did well. Like, I think yeah. Big T, who, remember, she had not been to a gym in, like, 11 years or something. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, I mean, she's a small person. She's never going to be competing with the, like, Maddies or Jennies of the world. But, like, she looked better. She's been putting out work. And sure. She looks fitter, too. Well, she talked about how hard she'd been working in the gym. And the thing I found really funny was Anissa's comment about Jen, how she got all, like, makeup on and all that for this challenge, which showed, like, oh, okay, this is why you're here. Because yeah. this is not to compete, obviously. I thought that was really funny. And, of course, it's Anissa, who's a vet, who's seen a few challenges of her own, so she knows what's going down. Um, the other thing I found hilarious was Bear. Yes. Like, I love Bear is entertaining to me. And even though there's still so many people in the house right now, so you're not getting a lot of anyone, really. Bear is still shooting a high percentage in terms of entertainment value. Bear had a great episode. And I'm glad (laughs) you mentioned this because this is my segue to last episode. We shouted out my childhood friend, Adi Pinsoff. And you'd asked at the end... Adi, what do you think of Kayla? She replied. So I'm going to... Hold on. What? Yeah, you did. Hold on. Okay. You did, Sheldon. On, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, so no, Adi on. gave me a response, and she said, I couldn't stand her on her season of The Real World, speaking of Kayla. She was super obnoxious. She's way more likable on the challenge. Possibly, I feel that because she's a good competitor, and I always appreciate when people have the skills or talent to back up the cockiness. And I will agree with you both. She is super hot. And bear. I'll just, I'll just say this. We have completely, I don't even know if forgotten is the right word. So maybe it's like, let's slide the fact that on one of her seasons on the challenge, she literally pissed her bed. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not something that we bring up all the time. I'll just say that and be like, you know, I don't even know how to explain that. But I'm sitting here just agreeing with Bear. Yeah. Right? And I'm just like, I have to remind myself sometimes, like, yeah, as a grown-ass person, she literally pissed the bed. And we don't even really bring that up. No. That's kind of fucked up. It is kind of. It goes to show how much has happened in our lives and Kayla's life since then. I like that Bear (laughs) was, like, talking about how attractive she was Mm -hmm. and was talking about how... Kayla has like a cute, funny, I'm doing it, like high, <laughs> high elbows, tight to the chest, a lot, a lot of wiggle happening in the run. I don't yeah. know about the long-term viability of that stride, but there's a funny moment. Bear, Bear had another two great moments in this competition or in this episode. Sure. I do have to point out that D, Swaggy C, and Corey, who on paper, I would not say are the smartest group of people, mm-hmm. came up with a winning strategy where they started doing it relay style, where they split it up. Yeah. That's so smart because that way sure. you have two people resting. Well, maybe not two people, but you get built-in rest time, shorter, shorter yeah. runs for everybody. And at the end, when they had the big push to get it there, uh, Swaggy C was carrying it and Corey had the presence of mind to run alongside him in case he got tired. Excellently yeah. done. It was by a them. great job by that. Like they they deserved this win. Dare I say it. Yeah. It was great teamwork by them. 
horrible teamwork by Bear and Ashley, who Ashley just blatantly was like, I can't lift this bear, so you got to do it. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious because, you know, the people who aren't Ashley fans, like, that's why. Yeah. Because sometimes she just, like, there's just challenges where she's like, no, I just can't do this. And then she'll just give up. And the Ashley attitude, I'll say, is kind of the gift and the curse of Ashley. Like, it's kind of the reason why we enjoy Ashley, the good and the bad, if that makes sense, because she is entertaining. But putting her together, her personality meshing with Bear, like there's a 0% chance that's going to work, right? I, so, I, don't know if you, I thought that was your I point. don't know if you saw this, but she tweeted, I think this morning, I'm Bear, I'm sorry that you were paired with the little girls. <laughs> I also... <laughs> I want to give a shout out to Ashley, who tweeted last night. I'm paraphrasing. I'm not going to quote directly, but she said something along the lines of, um, don't talk shit about people. You'll see, even if I dislike people, I don't talk shit about them. Like if I, if I'm going to speak poorly of them, I'm going to say it to their face just as much. And she said like, I'll also give them credit when they do well. Right. And she's like, I always just make a joke of it and I'll, I'll give her credit. I think what we've seen in a lot of the competitors who are on the show for a long time, we've seen Ashley grow a lot as yeah. like as a human being where like think a- of what she was like on the real world where she like quit after three episodes. Like she used to be so hot tempered, but she's definitely like matured and mellowed out. And I think to Adi's point, same goes with for Kayla. Like, I don't think she's going to piss herself this season. That's a big step. On a side note, I'm pretty sure, and I haven't been able to confirm this, and I'm pretty sure I could just ask Marie, but I think I saw Kayla in the background of an episode of Vanderpump Rules recently. Yeah, I think she, I think she was. Is that a yeah. thing? Yeah. Okay. Because I was watching the uh, uh, side note for people who don't know. I love Vanderpump Rules. Of course, by the way. you have eyes but... and a heart. Why wouldn't you love it? <laughs> But it was like one of the birthday parties and like whoever it was walked in and I was like, hold on, is that Kayla in the background? Like just sitting at the bar, like it's just super random. And there's no acknowledgement of her. Like she's just literally in the background. So I don't know if she's like a friend of a friend of someone who is there, but it was just like, I'm pretty sure that's Kayla. You know what we should do, Sheldon? I forgot about it. And I keep mentioning, I keep forgetting to bring it up on every single pod that we've done since. You know what we should do, Sheldon, when this quarantine's over? You and me, road trip, let's go down to the restaurant, get some drinks, see if we can get on okay. the background of Vanderpump Rules. <laughs> okay. What All right, we, sounds like worst a Worst case sounds scenario, like we meet Faith. <laughs> I don't think Faith is still there. Faith is She might gone. still be around. L- let me, let uh, me live my dreams, Sheldon. I don't think so. They got a whole new cast of characters in this year, and I'm not mad at any of them. But I'll just say that. (laughs) So Jenny and Jordan. Jenny definitely not mad at her. Her and Jordan are just dominating this whole thing, right? Like they, you would assume Jordan would do a really good job. And you know Jenny from her like CrossFit rep that she would also do a really good job. And she said this is essentially made for Mm -hmm. her. And they advance the second round by a lot. Like, they win by a lot. It's not even close. Then it was Fessy, Mel, and Kyle coming in second. And then with the last spot, as you mentioned, it was Swaggy, D, and Corey. So we get to round two. 
and there were three positions for the people that are on the plane, right? You had the spotter, who is a person who's able to look and see when they're about to fly over the target. And then you had the other two people whose jobs were to throw the crate off the back of the helicopter and have it try to land on the target. First off, this is super cool. It's so right? cool. It looks dope. Absolutely incredible challenge. Like, it looked just so cool, but also super hard. And especially the way that, you know, that first crew was going, they struggled. Like, they weren't even close on the first couple at all. And it made me wonder, and again, this is me just going way too inside baseball. I'm like, did the helicopter guy mess with them on purpose? Like, or was Jordan throwing it? Like, how are they this bad? Like, I knew it was hard, but they weren't even close until near the end, right? And it's not like the other people that went had, like, some other crazy strategy. No, they just had better timing. Yeah, right? So it's not like they got to see Jordan and them go, and then they were like, oh, we can't do it like that. Let's try doing it like this. Like, it wasn't... You know, like how that happens sometimes in certain challenges? Yeah. It wasn't like that. So I found that kind of weird, but they did horribly, Jordan's team. And <laughs> what did you make of the people who didn't make it, who were standing on the sidelines, but chirping so hard as if this was like the easiest thing in the world? I to liked do? at one point Johnny Bananas was shouting at the helicopter as if they could hear him from that far over <laughs> the rotor blades of a helicopter. Like, Johnny, you're loud, but you're not that loud. Like, come on, bro. Right. But they know what they're doing. They're just trying to get on camera. Well, one thing doing. I noted down is, how do you train for this? Like, Jenny was saying that, like, the running back and forth with the weights, is it, like, specifically, basically what she trained for? There's no training for, like, I'm going to rent a helicopter. I'm going to practice dropping <laughs> crates with some yeah. buddies. Like, there's no... Yeah. I thought this was... Um, a big example or a good example of how going first is not always the best. Okay. Right? Because like I'm confident that the later two teams learn from the mistakes of the first team. But like how? Do you know what I mean? Like what could you have possibly learned? Like you can't really tell when the person is signaling when to throw it off the back end. So you can't really see what they're doing. You're just seeing them miss horribly. I think that Jordan's... So Jordan was the one giving directions uh, yeah. to Wes and Jenny about when to drop. And I think he was expecting that it would, like... The momentum of the helicopter would carry it, whereas the boxes were just dropping straight down. So I think from okay. the ground, you would see, like, oh, okay, when you drop that box out, it's going, like like an arrow down in other words you just say release when you're over like really you don't necessarily even need the spotter to tell you to release as soon as you like see the ramp then you know to drop it and i i don't think that the but and i think you could see that from the ground interesting okay okay maybe you're onto something there. i do okay. think this would be harder uh, than it looked though yeah, and either way, Wes's team, Wes, Jordan, and Jenny, they go two for nine. And then next up was Fessy, Kyle, and Mel. And they got off to a dope start, and they started hitting, like, just in a row. They went on a run, finished with seven of nine, which I wrote, wow, 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 thinking, like, that'd be hard to yeah. beat. 
But then you get Swaggy's team who went perfect. And I was just like, oh, okay. So maybe Wes and them were really fucked up. Like, what happened here? It's just so odd. But one thing we can't we can't go past without... Or actually, you know what? Yeah, I'm just going to keep going. Swaggy, Swaggy's line of, all I want to see is paint dust everywhere, every single time. For the rest of my life, all I want to see is paint dust in my dreams. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, that doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> um, but yeah, they got perfect, so I guess... You get perfect and you win. Cool. Can't really diss you on that. Congratulations to that team. Were you surprised that that team won? Or I guess really, if from the beginning when we listed all of the teams, that's a pretty strong team. Uh, I was a little surprised because it seemed like the second half of the competition was more cerebral. Like you're okay. sort of doing mental calculations and this is not a team that I would you know want working for nasa you know what i'm saying yeah i think they kept but further to your point that you were making earlier i think they just kept it simple right like jordan and them were trying to make it into this like one two three okay go and it's like okay well am i going on three or am i going on after you say three and then go i also think that what helps is like wes said after this loss that he hates jordan which I didn't realize. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't think Jordan likes him either. Like, I think it's mutual. Yeah. Um, and, um, but I, I also think that, like, Swaggy, D, and Corey get along. Or, or maybe have an absence of beef. Right? Like, yeah. none of them have been on a season together, I don't think. It's true. I think, I honestly think that, like, Corey is a nice guy. Like, I know in the past I've ripped on him, but, like, I do think he's nice. Like, I do think he'd be fun to hang well, with. Well, you just mentioned a bunch of different people who, you know, you're talking about Ashley, you're talking about CT, and obviously this is at varying levels, but Corey's another person as well who's been on this show a lot and who's just on reality TV a lot, right? Like, he's on, like, Teen Mom right now as well, yeah. right, which airs, like, the night before. Who was Someone was tweeting the other night, like, is Corey just the face of MTV right now because he's on two primetime shows in the middle of the week? But clearly he's – and, I mean, we're saying this early on in the season. He seems a lot more chill. Yeah. He's definitely not the Corey coming no. in hot like he was early on in his appearances. So, you know, definitely got to give them credit where credit's due for their performance there. Uh, the other thing, though, to bring up was how – Johnny and company were just Johnny first off making fun of Rogan saying hey you guys better get your your talking on now before D like jumps out of the plane and like stabs you in the back like I thought that was really funny like bananas he was just on a roll in this episode as well like I know the first two episodes and you know sometimes we get tired of Johnny bananas but at this point I think he's been doing a really good job like as I said bear was shooting a high percentage I feel like bananas is also shooting a high percentage with his one-liner so far, I've been enjoying it. I thought that was really fun. I, and he's right, too. It goes to show how <laughs> apparent that dynamic was. That mm-hmm. both that Jen and Rogan were feeling each other, but also that D was so clearly just, like, fixated on that. Yeah. Totally. 
totally annoying, totally weird. And then it ends, and uh, we get back to the house. I do, sorry. Or Jordan's being a super sore loser. I wanted to talk about that, yeah. So Jordan is a super sore loser. I don't know if you noticed, but they did focus on this. When everyone was applauding to like, oh, congrats, like, he did not applaud. And then afterwards, he was like pitching a little fit about it. Not a good look for Jordan. And as Bear said, like, God help me, I'm about to agree with Bear. He said, how come he can ever just, like, come over and pat people on the back? Right? Like, and he's right. Like, you can't get mad at Swaggy D and Corey winning. They did nothing dishonest. They didn't sabotage anyone. They came up with a strategy to overcome more physically dominant teams like that's their strategy of the relay race is what put them ahead of Fassi who was just beast moding and they were the only ones to like get per they got perfect and I don't want to say in something that required skill but they had communication they figured it out they paid attention and like on that team, it's not even people that you dislike in theory. Like, I know he and D are clearly going to have problems going forward, but at this point, to Jordan's knowledge, he and D are allies. So how is he not going yeah. over and just being like, hey, good job. Like, pat on the back, shake hands, and then, like, yeah, fume I mean, about it in the I'm shower. Kinda, you know? um, no, I hear you, and I get that. And, you know, cool, shitty probably went over... Should he have not made a point of not clapping for them? Probably not. The sulking, like loud sulking at the very end, not really a good look. But on the flip side, I'm not really that mad at him because in the sense of the competition, like he's here to win money. Yeah. He's here for the win. And I want winners, to quote my man Mike Singleton. For sure. I want winners. So he's mad at himself because he clearly fucked up. And then the way that they did such a much better job than he did he's even more mad at himself and so if that's the case and he's mad at himself he's not really like blaming anyone else or like sucking at anyone else he's just being salty by himself i'm okay with that i want winners i'm not i'm not mad at that but interesting point still bought up because it's not a good political look so i understand that uh we get back to the house and D is already on her campaign that most of the girls want to put in Jen. Um, Jenny wants to go in right away because she senses, hey, I can take this girl out easily, which makes sense. And one thing that Jenny brought up that I thought, so it didn't play a role in this episode, but I think it might down the line. She was kind of saying, you know, if you guys go in and I'm sort of your first choice, but let us actually get into the purgatory see what the actual event is and then i'll kind of shoot you guys a signal being like yay or nay yeah and then let me and then let 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 me go do you know what i mean like i wonder if that's a thing you know and i thought that was kind of cool and it's probably a thing going forward i think that's kind of interesting i like that um so with that campaigning though i have to ask a question Uh, no you know what we're gonna get to it in a minute because there's a great moment, okay. maybe an all-time okay. challenge moment, just in terms of funniness, where Jen knows she's going in, and she decides to go into the lion's den and have a conversa- conversation with Wes and Johnny Bananas, mm-hmm. who exchange a look 
and start gassing her up and telling her that she should give a speech. So there's a lot going on here and I give them credit for like they started off like this really serious and made it really believable at the beginning that they were trying to help her. But then as it went along, I was like, okay, she knows they're joking, yeah, right? She kn- like, And that was my assumption because this went on for a while. And they're like, yeah, 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 take notes, take notes. And then, like, take out the piece of paper and read it in the meeting. And then, like, you know, describe it as a stock. And, like, they're just saying such ridiculous things that I'm, like, laughing and thinking, okay, she's got to be in on the joke at this point. But she's actually, like, writing stuff down. And then Bear joins in. What did Bear? Bear's like, no, 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 write this down. Tell them you're a badass bitch. <laughs> <laughs> right? And I'm like, okay, this got to be a joke. Right? Again, again, Bear had a good episode. Like, I think so. Rogan also joins, was like sitting with them and Nelson. And like, maybe they contributed, but Rogan and Nelson said nothing. Like, they were just there for the show, which also should have been a tip off to Jen. But I love that Bear clearly saw what Johnny and Wes were doing and, like, started contributing as well. Just like, Jen, we were giving Jay credit last week on last week's episode of You Killed It for clearly having watched the show and done his research. Jen has so many clues that the fix is in. First of all, (laughs) if Johnny Bananas and Wes are agreeing on how you should handle it, it's not good news. Second, if Bear is telling you to do something, it's not good news. Third, if Bear is agreeing with Wes that something's a good idea, it is not a good idea. Like this is not in your best interest. If those three people are aligning to give you advice, it's not good advice. So I have a theory here. All right. And I don't know if, and I'm maybe trying to figure out like, how could she have possibly have bought into this whole thing? But maybe, okay, she actually realizes they're joking and like she thinks the whole conversation was a joke. But then when you get to the actual meeting now, and then they do the whole same thing where Bananas put someone on the spot, and this time it's Wes, but Wes right away throws to Jen, and now she's on the spot. Do you know what I mean? Like she probably thought it was a whole joke, and th- but then when they throw to her, she's like, Oh shit, were they being for real? I guess they were being for real. I guess I gotta give this speech now. Right? Like, I'm not saying that that makes it any less stupid. <laughs> I'm just trying to give maybe an understanding of what she possibly could have been thinking. Cause I have no idea. It was the weirdest shit ever. And then how did she start said speech, John? We, we touched on it earlier, but please. Greetings, Earthlings. <laughs> And I'm of a certain age, so my, like, recollection of when I heard her say greetings, Earthlings, it made me think of, do you remember the song on the Space Jam album? Oh. By uh, Hit 'Em High? Is that what it was called? Do I remember Hit 'Em High? How (laughs) dare you, Sheldon? I want that song played at my funeral. I fucking love Hit 'Em High. That's one of the best rap songs of the 90s. It's a great song. It's a great song. But I'm pretty sure that song starts greetings, earthlings. We are now taking over your radio. That was the first thing that I thought of when I heard her say that. And it just, the monsters, it just made me laugh like right away. And the reaction shots from like all the other people, it was just incredible because 
normally, right, like reaction shots when they're shooting from a challenge, you know what I mean? Like when a challenge ends and TJ's there, that stuff's fake, right? Like they probably do multiple takes of that where they can shoot close-ups and all that shit. In that meeting, <laughs> I don't think you're really going to set that up in the way to get the reaction shots to her saying something so ridiculous. So it seemed to be like the real-time reactions, <laughs> or at least they did a good job of fooling me. But the looks on people's faces are just like, what is this girl talking about? <laughs> and she actually, when she said stock, I was like, how are Johnny and Wes not just bursting out laughing they, right now? Of anyone on the show, of all the cast members, they did the best jobs of keeping a poker face. Everyone <laughs> else was dying. Like, did you see Anissa's face? She's just like shaking her head. Oh, yeah. No. Kayla was like covering her face. Rogan, like the look on Rogan's face was clearly like, fuck. Like, I've tied my lot to this woman. Like, how... There's no recovering from this. But also she was just saying things that they didn't say, but then were also just really dumb. Like, why would you want to throw a rookie in? Why would you want to go in against a rookie? Wouldn't you rather have a rookie go against a rookie and a vet go against a vet? And they're all like, no. No. <laughs> no. It was absolutely ridiculous. One of the worst speeches ever but well played by Johnny and Wes. And Wes made, I don't, I think he maybe overstated his case when he said that like now all the women on the show are gonna love him for doing that. Like, I don't think that like yeah. making them laugh and like siding with them in such a like black and white issue for them is yeah. like gonna result in votes for him or whatever. But like, at least you're having fun. Like amuse yourself by all means. It's, it doesn't hurt you. The other part, though, why was she so caught off guard by Wes throwing her in? She's like, I can't believe Wes threw me under the bus like that. I'm like, wow. So she did buy it. Yeah, she bought it all. She bought it hook, line, and sinker. Everyone votes for her except for Rogan, <laughs> Johnny, and CT. And Johnny and CT <laughs> only voted for Big T because, like, it was going to be a route, and they knew that it was a throwaway vote. They also, I'm sure Johnny knows that he and Wes are trying to maintain the illusion of not being on the same side. So that sure. helps a little bit. Yeah. But, yeah, for sure. Uh, but then we get a great scene where Jen basically calls out D. And I want to know, like, they have a solid argument here, like, in the middle of the kitchen. And it's a bunch of them sitting around the table. And Jen basically calls out D for being jealous of her, essentially, or, you know basically honing in on her because she's jealous of her and Rogan getting close. And they have a full-on, like, back and forth. Everyone's kind of laughing. Rogan's sitting there enjoying the hell out of having two women fight over him. But I want to ask you, John, whose side are you on and why in this argument? Are you on Jen's side or D's side? Can I? In just this argument alone, not the whole d thing because d was just ridiculous in the whole episode but just in this argument right here can i be on who side can i be you? on maddie's side just trying to eat my cheerios of course you can uh, <laughs> of course no in all seriousness like i think i'm more on jen's side because mm -hmm. really what has she done wrong I mean, she's ridiculous when she's saying, like, oh, you were watching me sleep, and I love that they had, like, camera footage of it. 
Um, like, I don't think she... But I actually buy that. Yeah. Like, I think that's true. I think that's true, too. Right? Like, she's waking up in the middle of the night to just check and see if she's in her bed or not. Yeah. Like, I totally was buying that. And they're all in the same room. Even without the camera footage. Brutal. They're all in the same footage. All in the same room. Excuse me. So, like, it is kind of bullshit. Like, you come into this house. You don't know anyone. Rogan is attractive. He's expressing an interest on you. By all accounts, he's single. Mm-hmm. That shouldn't blow up in your face that badly. I think that like Jen is did not play her cards right, not just with the speech, but in general. But yeah. I mean, the thing is that it's for both of them such an emotional speech, like it's such an emotional thing. Neither of them was really making sense. Like I can't really say like, no. oh yeah, so and so brought up good points. They didn't at all yeah like i'll be honest i'm on jen's side and it's mostly just because of d being terrible like if you're d and you just own it and be like listen me and rogan aren't together but i didn't like the way how you were getting so close to him if she just owned it cool i'd be okay with that that's just how you feel respect it respect it or check it right to quote my guy steven jack but she could also just say like hey woman like they were debating the merits of girl code and like i gotta say i'm like with jen that like girl code doesn't really exist just like bro code doesn't really exist um <laughs> yeah but like if d wanted to do like if d was really bothered by this well she is really bothered by the situation but early on she could have like pulled genocide one-on-one to like listen woman to woman this is hard for me yeah she broke my heart yeah no, for sure. I'm sleeping in the bunk above him and like owned it. She did not own yeah. it. So No, for sure. Lame all around, I'd say. I agree with you. Lame all around. And you know, D continues her terrible episode. This little Tory thing, we don't gotta get too deep into it, but Tori's trying to, you know, get her way into the final, but D has already promised it to Jenny. And when Tori tells Jordan, I think Jordan brings up a really good point. Jordan's like, listen, we actually made an alliance with her in Thailand, right? And I think more importantly, Jordan is bang on when he says, me and you won her money last yeah. year. Like, she won because of us. Yeah. And as much as she wants to front, that's the truth, right? Like, the tape don't lie. There's no way that her and Rogan win and even CT wins without Tori and Jordan switching onto that team last year. That just doesn't happen. Those are just the facts. So I actually agree with what Jordan's saying. Yeah. Then add in the fact that while all that was going on, they were against Jenny last year. Yeah. Right? Like, so it all kind of makes sense, but I don't like the way that Tori and Jordan went about it. I agree. I don't like. I thought it was a really bad look that Tori went to D, got the 411 when they were stretching, went to Jordan. Jordan was like, nah, fuck that. And then Tori went back to D and was like, yeah, Jordan's mad about this. Not like, I love Tori. Not a good look for Tori. Not a good look for Jordan. Not a good look for D, right? Like it's all around does not look good. Um, 
well in the tribunal even d was like tripping over her words tori tori was like basically asking her basic questions like so why are you picking like this is what happened last year why wouldn't you you know you got you kind of owe us and she's like yeah but i promised jenny it's like yeah but you and jenny's the only one i promised and tori's like what are you talking about you literally promised me as well and then (laughs) when when d said but i didn't shake your hand (laughs) that's what i mean that's what it's like (laughs) tori was genuinely genuinely shocked and if i was Corey (laughs) and swaggy c i'd be like what the fuck is happening here listen it just wasn't a good look. It's a no. bad look all around. Um, I do want to say, let's just talk about what Jenny and Big T had to say in the tribunal. And then I have okay. a comment on the tribunal in general. No, go on. Uh, sure. I thought Big T made some like fair points. I think Big T is playing a much better game this time out. I also want to say... Mm-hmm. I thought she looked great with her wig off. Like I like I she looked beautiful and I liked her better sans wig. Like I it's a okay, good look. Okay. I thought Jenny made some fine points. I mean the thing is Jenny's not a political player. No. And like I thought it was an interesting point to say, like, hey, once I have my red skull, I'll do what you want. Cause like I don't know that it's wise this early in the game to be like, I will be your pawn. Especially when you're essentially yeah. offering it to D, who is not a power not a power player, player. and like, I mean, let's break this down by Jenny. If Jenny gets her way and gets to go in, that means D is making enemies in Jordan and Tori. And like Tori says that she loves Jenny and that they're friends, and like Jordan and Tori have no reason to be angry with Jenny. But if Jenny's throwing her lot in with D, who we can also assume is allied with Wes, who Jordan and Tori hate, you're lining yourself, you're getting into a, a war that's brewing. Cause like, you know, Wes and D versus Jordan and Tori is coming. Like even at that point in the house, it's yeah, not sure. that hard a leap to see this is coming down the pike. And like, I don't know that you want to be decla- like declaring your colors that early. No, that's fair. I agree with that. I can agree with that for sure. Um, One thing I have to say that I do not understand is why was Swaggy C not saying, hey, let's get my girl Bailey in? Well, that's where it comes down to not, and I'm not even mad at that. And I, I, I wrote that down at the very end, but definitely... I like that strategy where I'm still not trying to just throw myself in elimination so early, right? Like, I like the game plan of everyone else being like, listen, I don't know. And especially for them who don't know the game yet. So you don't really know the ins and outs of these eliminations. You might not know, like, the little tricks of the trade, depending on what elimination game you end up having to play. So I'm not mad at, you know, pacing it out. And being like, nah, if I can avoid eliminations, I'm going to avoid it for now. Being a new person in the game. I'm okay with that. I was okay with that. I thought what you were going to say about Swaggy C is, why the hell did he refer to himself in the third person when he was talking to, was it Jenny? And he was like, and he said it just so like matter-of-factly and calmly 
as if he was just speaking normally, but my guy was literally like, so what could Swaggy really expect from you to do for him in exchange for putting you in? So, <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> I, and, I can tell I'm not going to like Bailey and Swaggy C at all. <laughs> and, and the same way I well, dislike Nelson. I'm already familiar with his work, so right away I was just like, oh man, this guy... This guy's feeling himself like he's such a the tool. Smartest... But I wondered what people who aren't familiar with his work, if they picked up on that and they were just like, wait, did this guy really just refer to himself as Swaggy in the third person? The sm- and say, like, what can Swaggy expect from you if we're going to put you in? The, <laughs> the like, smartest thing was amazing. that Corey and Swaggy did was they kept their mouth shut when Tori and True. D were talking. Like, just don't get into True. it if you can help it. Um, uh, speaking about getting into it, though, if we jump right to the purgatory now... Uh, I want to talk about Wes and Dee's conversation. Okay. Because they said some interesting things, and I disagree with some of what they're saying. Okay. So Wes had sort of a check-in with Dee. She's talking about like the situation, how she's caught between Jenny and um, Tori and Jordan. And I thought Tori and Jordan made the very fair point that, like, do you want to piss off Jenny, who has virtually no allies and is by herself, or do you want to piss off proving competitors, Jordan and Tori, who are obviously a team and going to be a team the rest of the way? Yeah. I think it's obvious that, like, and I also think that Jenny is such a nice, reasonable person that you could sit her down and maybe talk her out of being mad. Okay. Right? Yeah, no, I don't disagree with that. Um, I also don't know about the wisdom, and we'll get to this in the competition, about having the strongest female competitor in the game get a ticket to the final. Yeah. And that's the thing that's super interesting, right? Because you could have a scenario where she gets put back in an elimination and gets eliminated from the game. You could have that scenario play itself out once the numbers dwindle down. But yeah, at the same time, as of now, you've at least booked their ticket to remain on the show for a while. Yeah. Her and Jay, right? Just shut up, play in the background, don't say shit, and you're good at least for the next month. Yeah. So that part is interesting. So, we get to the actual elimination to Purgatory. It's called Flip the Switch. But before the competition, TJ explains that the tribunal truly holds all the power. And they can volunteer to go in as well. So there's a fourth option. Yeah. And everyone, they have basically a role of, like, confessionals where people are like, D should put herself in against Jen. Because A, it looks like a layup. B... You've been talking all this mess about Jen. Now's your chance to back it up. No one mentioned this, yep. but third of all, it's actually the best solution to the Jenny versus Tory decision. Because if yeah. you put yourself in, I mean, Jenny even said it herself in confessional. She's like, I wouldn't get mad if D went in to do her own dirty work. I'd respect it. And I think sure. if you're D and you turn around and said to Tori and Jordan, like, listen, I put myself in because, like, obviously i got to be my number, my own number one in this game. And also I had to do my own dirty work and take out Jen. I don't think they're going to be as pissed. 
No, because at the end of the day, they have to understand that you have to prioritize yourself over their agenda. No, for sure. I totally agree with everything you just said. But I'm going to be honest with you. I knew she wasn't going to go no. in. Did you think she was going to go I in? I had unfortunately seen tweets. I think it was from Wes who said, who defended himself and said, like, I did not advise D to put herself in because I didn't know that that was an option yet. Two, she was in jeans. Three, she was hung over because she'd been drinking oh. the night like all day, not knowing that she was going to oh. go in. So like she, okay. when she said in confessional, like I wasn't mentally prepared. Okay, I laughed that off, and in I laughed that off saying like that's the worst excuse ever. You weren't mentally prepared. Shut up. But with that context, it does make a lot more sense. Um, so I do kind of understand why she would do why she wouldn't put herself in, but I still think that's whack. Overall, you come yeah. off looking whack, but you're still in the game and look whack. So. I guess you'd rather look whack and still be in the game than look tough and be off the show. I do got to say, so we didn't touch on this, even though we did the most producing we've ever done on this show. We didn't talk about our man LT and his commentary. Okay. I believe it was him. It was. And he said, didn't think anything could be more embarrassing than Jen's speech. But then here's D with the all time studio gangster moment. And the definition of playing a scared game, in Darrell's wise words, don't have to get ready when you stay ready. And then he added, I give them both the Billy Madison Award for talking utter foolishness. D is the LVP of the year until further notice. And then he had a gif of that guy saying from Billy Madison, what you've just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Which is one of my favorite quotes in movie history. So, I will say this, John. Obviously, Jenny just washes her, like, super easy, and it's over. And right after it ends, Dee says... And it's very quietly, like you barely are able to pick it up. But she says, oh, shit. Oh, she's like, oh, my God, I could have done that. Right. And it's like, "Okay, you are the worst. And before even seeing LT's tweet, I wrote down, I know we pick MVPs, but I'm picking an LVP this week. And it's D because that was a horrible, horrible performance top to bottom. You, we talk about being a five-tool pe- tool player. Let me start that again, sorry. We talk about being a five-tool player. She looked like a five-fool player on that one, okay? Because not only did you look like an idiot with the whole Rogan thing, but as mentioned before, you didn't even take your opportunity to stand up for yourself and just be honest to homegirl and tell her, listen, stay away from my guy. You didn't even do that. You kind of hid behind it. Then you talk all this trash about, oh, well, the whole house wanted to vote you in because we think you're the weakest player. So if that's the, the case, and now you get a chance to take out the girl who was going after your man and who you've been on the record saying is the weakest person ever, you have that opportunity, you don't take it. Then she gets washed, and you're on the mic being recorded saying live, oh, I could have taken her out then? You should have won it? Nah. Not here for it. She's the worst. 
absolute worst. Like, get well, out of here. Super annoying. Let's, let's Super. take stock of where D's game is now. She has pissed off Jordan and Tori. Mm-hmm. She's put in Jenny, who is her friend and has integrity, but also can definitely dominate her in any physical competition, including the final. Get, gave her a ticket. Looks like a fool in front of everyone. Because she's aired her dirty laundry about like her feelings about Rogan and then didn't back up her own talk. Yep. The only thing she accomplished was eliminating her romantic competition for a guy who treated her like shit. And like she hasn't said she wants to get back with Rogan. But yeah. and also eliminated her best chance to get a ticket to the finals. Yeah. Like realistically as far as I would say, the two biggest layups in the house were Jen and Big T for women. Mm-hmm. Big T is looking a lot better. But here's a question for you. After that, who's the worst? Probably D. Right? So <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Like, it just, none of it made sense at all. And I, the one thing I, sorry, I'll let you finish. I'll let you finish. Well, well I was just going to say that, like, her only realistically the only other person she could take out for sure for sure for sure is big t which i, I don't okay. think it's a guarantee no and again i already said it but like her way out of this problem with like jordan and tori and jenny is if she put herself in because they couldn't really get for mad sure. at that they might be a little and salty but like at- not as much but couldn't you have looked at that challenge and been able to tell that Jen would not have done well at that? Yeah. Right? Like, that's the other part that makes no sense to me at all either. And I will say, I think we both agree D had a horrible performance. But here's the thing as well. This is also why I was saying earlier, I would not be in a rush to be throwing myself into elimination. Because I'm going to ride it out and wait for more twists to come along to where you can form an actual game plan of how you're going to get in. Because right now it's too tough for you to be able to set up the ideal matchup, right, that you would want. Like, really, this is just a fluke. Like, she created a path for Jen, for Jenny, sorry, to book her ticket, but it's not like Jenny's a powerful player in the game. Do you know what I mean? So it it didn't even really serve a purpose. Mm -hmm. It's not like, imagine if, as you brought up earlier, if Swaggy C was like, listen, okay, we're going to throw in, Jen's going to throw, get thrown in. I think my girl Bailey can get in. This might be her best chance. We're going to do that. We could look back on that and say, hey, this was a really smart play by this tribunal. They did a really good job, blah, blah, blah. But instead we got nothing, right? And at bare minimum, they did what Corey and Swaggy C were talking about where they're like, hey, let's not make waves so early on we'll just kind of you know play this game out see where it's going which i kind of understand bare minimum but on the flip side it's like okay now we got a new twist how can we use this twist going forward that's going to be really key i think um so i i guess your lvp is going to just stand that's that's your yeah that's my lvp i have no mvp of this episode it's lvp it's deep for the, get out of here my i don't even want to see you anymore on this show so annoying i hope you i hope you get eliminated next 
the next female elimination. I hope you're in the elimination and you get put out by Big T. My MVP is I'm going with Jenny. Not okay. that she was particularly proactive, but she looked dominant in the daily competition. Yep. She looked like she came out of that competition, the elimination, looking like a million bucks. Right? As sure. much as we just like dismissed D for looking like a studio gangster, everyone was like, oh shit. Like the fact that Jenny was one handing those milk bottles. And just like, yep. it was a route. Like, it wasn't even, I don't think Jen got one over at all. I don't I don't think so either. It was a pathetic performance. And Jen. off the top of this episode of You Killed It, I said that like CT, Jenny, I mean, they had a conversation where they're like, what do we do now? Like, our game is intimidation. How are we now going to get in there and get our work done and then like hang back again? Jenny got that done. No sure. one can say that she politicked it because she didn't, right? Like, Dee's going to take the no. fall for that. Tori said that she's friends with Jenny. I think that Jenny, in all reasonableness, if it gets heated, she could still, like, backtrack and go to Jordan and Tori and be like, listen, she was doing me a favor. What am I supposed to do? If someone, like, gives me this opportunity, I'm going to take it. Like, my name was for called. Sure. I got to perform. Like she didn't, she didn't piss anyone off, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And now yep. Jenny gets to do what she did all last season and just hang back. Everyone loves her. She's super nice. She's super sweet. She's personable. She works out hard. No one's going to want to like, I think Jay is going to get called back in for an elimination. Yeah. I don't think Jenny will get called back in. She's, no, I don't think so. It'll come down to can she win the event to get into the yeah, final. Yeah, all she has to do is keep competing hard and being friendly to everyone. She doesn't have to play the politics, which is not her strong suit. So for me, Jenny, you killed it. Sheldon, sure. say something nice about Nelson this episode. Uh, Nelson had a really nice conversation with Big T in this episode. Yeah. He seemed like a really nice guy to her. He was listening to her talk about her first experience and how she improved. And he just seemed like a really nice guy to her. Like he was nice and he was listening. He was being a nice friend. Yes, I would agree that was a nice moment. And just so as to not totally piggyback off of you, uh, I think he looked well-dressed. In the past, I have been critical of his fashion sense. And I know this is like damning with faint praise, but he's not making any missteps. And... We can assume that he and Corey are a team. And, like, Corey is also playing a good game. And in the past, yeah. the Team Young Bucks, their mistake has been overplaying their hands. They're not overplaying their hands. They're Agreed. keeping it cool, calm, and collected. I know it's just two episodes. But so far, so good for Nelson. Uh, what Agreed. was your line of the episode? Uh, my line of the episode was early on when... Uh... Johnny Bananas was doing his trolling of Jordan and very seriously as he's like posted up leaning on Tori's shoulder he's like so uh Jordan can you explain to me what exactly was your what was the strategy behind dropping one of those boxes all the way in Germany <laughs> and just the way that he asked it I was like well done well that, done 
just a solid line, solid bananas chirp. And you could tell the way that he started it was so serious that like Tori was like taking him in as if he was about to say something serious. And then when he said he finished it, she just like, ah, oh, of course. How did I fall for this? It's bananas. Of course he's gonna try to troll Jordan. Um, I'm. I loved that line. I also loved the greetings, Earthlings. But I think yep. my line of the episode is going to be just before the fight over like the picnic table. Maddie said of Jen, "Oh, girl, don't wake up the tiger. I'm just trying to eat my Cheerios." Yeah, <laughs> that made me laugh out loud. For uh, sure. Who doesn't like Cheerios? I'm gonna have some right after. I actually had some for breakfast. Um, where can the good people find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander and on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. And please remember to like and subscribe to the You Killed It podcast anywhere you get your podcasts on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on YouTube. Like and subscribe. Tell your friends. If they're not watching the challenge, they should be because we need sports right now. And that's the only sports that we have. So why not enjoy this and iRacing for NASCAR and IndyCar, man. Uh, And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jay Chidley Hill. Um, Always, I have been, I think, pretty good at replying to everyone that comments towards us. So keep it up. I'm sorry if we did not mention you. Uh, We do have a limited time and try to keep things tight. Uh, But (laughs) we I certainly get back to everyone that messages us and we appreciate all of your comments. Faux show. Until next week, this was You Killed It. (laughs) You killed it. We have just discovered an important note from space. The Martians plan to throw a dance for all the human